we might have some nice uh, MSPC Christmas gifts in Ooh, order, i.e. professional microphones for you guys. Dude, I can't wait to get into this house and set up a microphone and never take it down. It's going to be great. I also can't wait to get into your house and set up my <laughs> microphone and never take it down. You could do it's that. You could right be in it. It's going to be right where you want it most, right in front of the kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that, though. You could. You could uh, You could set up in a whole other room. Yeah. And then when I'm not there, I'll leave a cardboard cut out of myself. <laughs> Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley Jim Dwight Creed Call Andy and Kelly For your business paper needs Or Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and Holly Graham, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, Night of the Night. And with us as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Well, well, well. It isn't Michael Scott, you old <laughs> bastard. Well, I never thought I'd see your face around these parts, you old bastard. Well, I did show my face around these parts, you old bastard. Why? You're some sort of wise guy, huh? Oh, I most certainly am. Don't! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 me. Okay. Ollie's back. Huggy <laughs> <laughs> monster! No, not the huggy monster! I don't want to die! I don't want to die! I don't want to die! <laughs> That is such a good clip. <laughs> There's actually a lot more, but we'll move on. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week uh, for our conference room later in the episode, we are going to talk about Peacock, the new NBC streaming service, and how The Office is going to move from Netflix over to that. If you didn't know that, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, if you don't news, know that, but we've all known that for a long time. If you're time. listening to this and don't know that, I, let us know. What? <laughs> uh, we're going to do some would you rathers. Yeah. Um, but uh, I am very excited for today's episode. Today, we're talking about Hollis P. Flax, a.k.a. Fanny Smellmore, DJ <laughs> Jazzy Flax, Princess Nincompoop, Necropolis, some Greek lady with no with no more brain damage. We're talking about Holly Flax, the love of Michael Scott's life, and I'm so excited. So we were planning the show, and we made a list of characters we hadn't talked about yet, and the list was a lot longer than I kind of realized. And then I, I hadn't even added Holly at the end, and I was like, I Holly would be such a nice treat, uh, a nice Christmassy treat to talk about. I feel like she brings so much cheer and warmth, oh. and all the sorts of things we associate with the holidays <laughs> to the office. Uh, the, we might say it's the uh, holidays. It's <laughs> uh, so, oh boy. Okay. January 3, 2011, a day which will live infamously. Holly, Holly Partridge Flax, otherwise known as Holly, otherwise, otherwise known as a living, breathing angel, is engaged to another man. This is freaking <laughs> me out. I, okay, let's, let's switch to the happy video. No, no, no. We'll push through. We'll do this. <laughs> I love this TV. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, Holly Flax, played by the great Amy Ryan, um, who uh, came up in in um, in theater on the stage uh, on Broadway. Um, she's done some incredible projects outside of the office, like The Wire on HBO. Um, heard and, it. <laughs> uh, she was in that movie, Beautiful Boy, with uh, with uh, Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. Uh, a couple of years back, but um, Gone Baby she, Gone. Don't you dare forget that one. She is don't, incredible. Don't forget in about movie. Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, um, Holly's like another one of these people. I mean, we've talked about Wire crossover before with Idris Elba and uh, other people. <laughs> Harry, Harry, Harry Jenerone. <laughs> yes, yes, Harry Jenerone. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, so, but. Uh, She's one of these people who's like a serious actor, like a great actor. I mean, you know, uh, maybe even um, Amy Adams or uh, these other people on the show who pop in and do uh, and do uh, guest appearances. So Amy Ryan is a, a very dramatic, uh, fantastic, uh, well well trained actor, and um, here she is doing comedy, and she's fantastic at it. She's so funny. I'm reading. She was in Birdman, which I don't remember. That's right. Yeah, I don't remember that either. She Birdman? She was. Dang, I love that movie. I, can, I need to watch that one again. I think <laughs> when when Holly comes in, she comes in at such an important point in the show uh, at the end of season four, and she does so much uh, for Michael. I think one thing that we've talked about before going into this was that how do we focus on Holly without bringing up Michael every other sentence? Right. Um, and it will be difficult because just kind of the way that the show is written. She's a walking um, Bechdel test right? Yeah. <laughs> for this okay. show. Well, but it's like, you know, she is the love of Michael's life and vice versa. You know, that's, that's their main, that's the main role on the show. But she's so responsible for the way that Michael develops and the way that he exits the show. And she kind of is like, she kind of is the cure for Michael. Like all mm-hmm. of Michael's worst impulses and stuff, he kind of curbed because of her. And like that's the only thing that ever causes him to grow in any sort of way. Yeah, that's mo- so true. generally speaking. Yeah, we've done an episode before on Michael's love life, so we've talked about Holly and Michael before. So we are going to try to just get into um, just focus on her character individually. That was a two-parter and, and I, too, uh, Michael and love. So, that's right. That's right. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. Um, so that you can hear us repeat a bunch of things that we think about Holly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't, I mean, let's start with who is she? You know, she kind of gets dropped on us like a bomb in a little bit of a way. She shows up in Goodbye Toby, the end of season four, blows Michael away right away with just her quick wit and her ability to get his joke. He's She's nothing like Toby. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see from the start, she has a sense of humor. Um, she um, not she only like along. like just blows Michael away, but completely knocks him off balance in the very first meeting, which is he comes in with a bunch of armor on, ready to fight the next AR person. Like, person. like he's in a fighting mm-hmm. stance, and she just, bam, hits him right the chest, and he's completely mm-hmm. disarmed and has no idea what to do with it. With all these feelings. which by the which by the way her joke is to like basically throw Toby under the bus and say yeah he yes. is boring <laughs> as always Toby is the casualty here yeah I think that's a really important point I feel like rewatching Goodbye Toby Michael is kind of at his most brittle and sort of hateful and spiteful in this moment yeah, he is. he's he's so ge- I mean it's hilarious uh, it's he's so geared up to give Toby the bruising he is his cruise director. <laughs> 
as for Brisbane. Uh, but Holly is the one that makes him stop or pull back just a little bit. Um, and she totally throws him off balance. I think the way that they interact is so much that Michael is looking for an improv partner all these years. Mm-hmm. And even when he goes to improv class, he's terrible at it. Uh, right. But Holly is the only person that yes ands him, so to speak. Totally. Everyone else either said either everyone else says no, or they look right at the camera or they kind of try it. Even when people are trying to be polite, they kind of, brush it off they don't really go along with his joke but holly will can will go along with it and yeah. even when she is a character is smart enough to be like i don't know it's just for fun like there's there's a little bit of that to her but uh michael has never had that before and we get to see it mm. at when she enters the show i know we said we were going to compare like talk about her and michael so much so so it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah but but do you think that holly was in a way like a Michael at her old at Nashua. Do you think that she would make these jokes and no one would get them and she'd just keep making them because she just gets, she gets a kick out of it. Hmm. I think yes. And, but I think the reason that it like, so with Michael, he's the manager. And so often He's not just making jokes, but he's doing them in very serious moments or he's doing them in lieu of his actual responsibilities. And I think Holly, as the HR person, probably has a little more room to do that kind of stuff in, in, in her office life or in conversation. At the same time, it's like not appropriate for an HR person to be making a lot of jokes all the time. Uh, but right. I think we see it in the baby shower episode when yes. Jan wakes up and she says, hey, where's Astrid? And she says, oh, on a sales call. Wow, more paper. Yeah, and then I, I, he's like, "Ah, oh, coffee break." And I'm just kidding on the coffee break. <laughs> and, and, and Jan says, "That's funny," and looks right yeah. at her. <laughs> so I think I think Holly does have a bit of that in her personality. That's a that's a great example. I'd say another great example is Jim being like, "Holly is kind of a dork." Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, you get these like little hints that other people. It's the same thing that we've talked about with Jim and Pam and how the ensemble doesn't think they're as great as we all do as the audience, you know, like mm-hmm. that all these people in the ensemble don't really like Holly. Like let's mm-hmm. like Aaron doesn't like Holly. <laughs> Kevin doesn't like Holly. Um, <laughs> I mean, he did at first. My, he did at first. My, he was totally going to bang Holly at first. He, there's a, there's a whole separate Kevin Holly moment. That's one of my favorites, which is when she comes back in classy Christmas and she's like, Oh, I bought some maple candies on the way back for you guys. But then I ended up eating a bunch in the car here and Kevin's <laughs> face just dissolves into complete <laughs> sadness. And he's so pissed because <laughs> he's like, did you bring us anything from Nashua? And then he's just crestfallen. <laughs> oh, so just like put out six pieces for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so upset anyway but you're right you're right i think uh you know it, it is it's like no one there's a lot of people there they're not impressed with holly same way that most of the office just pam, jim and pam not impressed by them don't really care for him um, about kendall the hr rep for corporate he doesn't seem to think much of holly no. i think it one another sort of topic that kind of i think is worth mentioning is that like Holly doesn't seem to come across as a very good HR rep at any real point in her tenure on the show. I mean, maybe business ethics only, but, but even then she's, she's like, she's just reading from the binder and granted the the Kendall from corporate is kind of like, don't make a big deal out of this, Mm -hmm. but he does kind of, he's like, I didn't, 
he he gets so angry with her in a way that maybe seems to imply that there were previous instances or something like that. that right. You think of the fact that she didn't realize that her and Michael having PDA was making other employees uncomfortable. She hires Todd Packer back pretty much immediately. There, there are when she there's comes some back red flags. Dwight and, yeah. When Dwight and Jim are pranking each other in Classic Christmas, she comes back and she's, "I don't understand. When I left, you guys were best friends." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Like I don't mean I don't mean to say that she was totally ineffective, but it it just seems like there are a handful of instances to make it seem like. She's not an amazing HR rep, you know? Yeah, she might be as good at being an HR rep as Michael is at being a manager. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Which is to say, shows up. you know, <laughs> like the it's not hurting the bottom line. And so the people, the upper ups don't really care that much. Although at the same time, I remember in, a, gosh, I think it's in season nine when Dwight becomes the manager and he talks about getting rid of Kevin Mm-hmm. And and Pam says, no, every time you've tried to fire anyone, Toby always stops him. And Toby's like, I can't stop anything, Pam. HR is a joke. And then <laughs> yeah. makes the cake for Toby as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's um, I, I think I think that's fair to say. I, I it's I initially was like, no, she is really trying to do a good job when she gets there. I mean, it's a new job and she obviously wants people to like her, but she is confronted with this ethics issue right away, like right when she shows up. Uh, not too many episodes after when Meredith is like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trading, I'm trading sex for deals here. And she's got to like, you know, navigate that. And maybe she's nervous and that's why she reads out of the binder. Cause she doesn't want to act like she knows everyone and have a, you know, like what Michael would do, which is like, let's all sit in a circle and, you know, talk about the worst things we've ever done in our lives. Um, she's, <laughs> she's just like, I'll play this one by the book. I mean, can you imagine working like a boring HR job? for a paper company where you've been trained on how to deal with the worst case scenarios. And then one presents itself all of a sudden. Uh (laughs) I think it's a very like good point that she does put in effort that she does seem to be trying to do her best at the job. And I don't mean to undercut that. I also think it's worth mentioning how can anyone be a good HR rep at the Scranton branch of Dunder? (laughs) Yeah. Michael steamrolling you and that kind of thing. uh, uh, Like, it's impo- It's hard to imagine a, a very successful HR rep at that branch. Good HR wanna... at Scranton means you never would have hired Michael in the first place. <laughs> I wouldn't. I and I would not blame Holly for not trying as hard after that business ethics episode where she's trying to speak up about an employee trading sex for corporate deals, and she gets told like stop making this more difficult than it needs to be. She'd be, I'd be like, all right, that's the last time I call you guys. Like, that's a good point. Like then maybe she becomes kind of disillusioned after that instant because you know, why am I trying to do my job? I would stand up for what's right. Like, like, yeah, you know, I think that that's, and you know, I think with Holly too, like it's a good time to get back to like the heart of the show. And like that, this is about like working a boring job and trying to stay, a creative, imaginative, fun person and not just become dull and cranky and all these things. Like Holly's a perfect example of somebody who, um, you know, she works in the most hated position in the, in the office and yet she is resilient. She's always um, looking for a way to have fun and to, and to have a laugh 
and um and uh, yeah we do kind of see her give up on her corporate duty um so that she can just live her life he said i was i uh, <laughs> i wanted <laughs> to circle back to where uh you know alex was talking about kevin and uh Calling Holly out for not bringing enough candy. I love the way that Aaron is the one with fresh eyes when Holly comes back. And, uh, you know, Aaron is so just not impressed by Holly. Oh, I'm waiting for my boss's pretty friend. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. Holly. Uh, and then later she says, Holly is ruining Michael's life. He thinks she is so special and she's so not. Her personality is like a three. Her sense of humor is a two. Her ears are like a seven and a four. Add it all up and what do you get? Sixteen. And he treats her like she's a perfect 40. It's nuts. <laughs> perfect 40. What is the Aaron scale? Yeah. Oh, I like that the yeah. ears are rated separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed prepping for this episode is that Holly isn't in that many episodes. She's not. I, she, yeah. But when she's in an episode, she's really in an episode. She is like a mm-hmm. generally like a major focal point of the episode. There's only a couple where she's in the background. Um, but for the most part – the show really makes the most of the episodes that she's in, developing her relationship with Michael and kind of setting up their romance uh, and then setting her up, I guess, kind of in opposition to Jan or in comparison to Jan um, in the baby shower episode. Uh, but yeah, it is funny that like when Holly is in the show, she's really in the show. I mean, you get an actor that caliber, you know, you're going to use him. You got to use him. Mm-hmm. Same with the Will Ferrell arc. It's just they're all about him, you know? Yeah. But you're right. I had the same. Yeah. I had that same thing where it's like, man, Holly's not in it as much as I thought when I think no. about Holly. And it's like she arrives a lot earlier than I always think, which is the end of season four, and then she's not at all in season six. Um, she's there for half of season five, and then comes back in uh, in seven. So it's it's not a huge run. Well, even in season five, employee transfers episode five. Mm-hmm. And then lecture circuit. She's only kind of alluded to. She doesn't appear directly. We see um, her sweater. Yeah, yes. And uh, and then uh, in Company Picnic at the end. But like that's not nearly as many episodes mm-hmm. as you would think for someone who has such a big presence on the show. And I, I, I personally, I love season seven maybe the most because it has all the characters. It's got Gabe and mm-hmm. like all these characters are in it. The, the ensemble is really realized. But Holly's only in it for – I think it's she comes in the classic Christmas episode. But she leaves before the search committee and whatnot. She just kind of exits. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah, she is a Katie makes three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but her presence is really felt. She she makes a big impact. Yeah, and I think the the, the effect that she has, uh, based on just who she is, which is she's very, like you said, Sean. She's very fun loving. She's very silly, um, but she's very professional um, in a way that Michael tries to be, but just isn't. And what she does is she. I think she shows. Michael that like you can be both of those things you can be mature and silly that they're not a, exclusive you know there's a couple of times that Holly teaches Michael an important lesson and maybe the first time it doesn't really work out completely but they go to Cooper's in business ethics and she's like it's not a family it's a business and you know she's saying that I think you know what she did is kind of icky. Um, and same thing that that's Ed a truck told Michael. 
you know, let your friends be your friends. Let your workers yeah. be your workers. <laughs> There's like so much your friends food. be your friends, your family be your family, and your workers be your workers. There's also so much seafood on that table at Cooper's. There's like two full lobsters and like a bread bowl, and Holly's eating like a small salad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, shout out to the I, shout out to our listener who wrote in whose family owns Cooper's Seafood in Scranton. Hey, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we follow you on Instagram. Yes, sir. <laughs> Cooper, Cooper Seafood. Cooper I mean. Seafood, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but then the other time is when, and we've mentioned it already, when she hires Todd Packer, when she allows Todd Packer to get hired, and she learns. Through, of course, we see her go into the conference room with Todd, and she's very trusting of Michael. She says, "Well, your sales speak for themselves, and Michael loves you." So, like, and she just gives him the job, which is totally cool. A uh, totally cool girlfriend move. She's just trusting um, Michael. <laughs> she just puts all TCGM, the TCGM, a totally cool girlfriend move. <laughs> but she she is able to pick up on the fact that everyone hates Todd Packer, which Michael has never picked up on, apparently. Yes. I mean, they all and tell her pretty directly. <laughs> they tell her pretty directly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and his but actions start to speak pretty loudly. She discovers it for herself, and... She is the one who explains it to Michael. And of course, he doesn't want to hear it at first, but she explains it in a way that is able to see it works. I mean, is able to sink in and he's able to see it for himself. And and when he flips out at her and says, you know, you're being a real pain in the ass. I'm sorry I called you a pain in the ass. I love you and I'm upset, (laughs) Um, which is a very uh, touching thing to say i guess but that's a um, true relationship when you can say that to your significant other of like you're being a pain in the ass i i love you and you know i love you and <laughs> right I'm now sorry I called you a pain just in the right ass. now you're acting like that yeah i uh, think that's an important distinction because she teaches it so threat level midnight is the episode and he, she teaches him that he can laugh at himself that he can mm-hmm. you know not have to take himself so seriously because when he explains it to her it makes no sense well, this is my dream. Really? You've never mentioned it once. 11 years that I could have been working on the Scar Nebulous. <laughs> Scar, I know. <laughs> and, and if I don't have this, then what do I have? I have my comedy special. Here uh-huh. I go again. Dot, dot, dot. My book, somehow I manage. And she says, I'm real. And that's where that, that line comes oh, from. Oh, yeah, yeah. A real pain in the ass. Yeah. And uh, But I think it's important to – like the only other time that that's happened is in Koi Pond where Michael tries to teach – or excuse me, Jim tries to teach Michael to laugh at himself. Go ahead. I'm a big I'm a big stupid goofball. No, you're not. And then Michael goes out and starts and then too far. Too far. <laughs> Great idea, man. Yeah. Well, I mean there you go. I mean that's a – you're absolutely right. She's able to actually do this in a way that's very loving – and, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know if Jim has Michael's best interest at heart or if he just wants the problem to go away when he brings that up. But when Holly brings it up with Michael, she really wants, she thinks that he can see, he can figure this out and she's patient with him. And that's, that's really something. I mean, we've talked before on this show about things being earned and things being believable. And when you consider how many things they got wrong in, in season nine, and just how perfectly this is done with Michael and Holly, like, I just think that they did such a good job of, and when I say they, the writers and Amy Ryan, 
together did such a good job of creating this character that is the perfect uh, partner for Michael in the end. Do you initially, did you find her believable? Uh, I, I would say, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't struggle with that in the show, but I, I don't know. What do you think? I, I thought there was just like, this was initially where I was like, oh, it's, it's a little too like, she's too on the exact the same as Michael sometimes. And then not like him other times. But then as I, as I've gotten older and watched the show more, it has made a lot more sense. And you start to see the effect that she has on Michael even before they're even dating. I mean, we've talked about this before, but when, I mean, she shows up her first, the first time her and Michael meet each other in weight loss, she, or sorry, uh, it, well, start working together really in weight loss in, mm-hmm. in season five. I mean, he resists a, that's what she said, a, that's what she said joke in front of Holly, uh, much to Jim's surprise, much to like the people around in that moment. And he, he, he immediately is like, I'm going to be a better person. If I'm going to, if I'm going to be with this person, who's as silly as me, I've found that out. I have to be a little bit better. And that begins yeah, he, what I would say over the all the entire course of season five, which is Michael going from a, a boy to a man, basically, to where um, in, in Company Picnic, when they have that conversation, when they're sitting out in the leaves, like to me, that conversation that they have is the absolute apex of Michael. Like that's the apex of Michael's character to me. That's when he finally flips the switch and becomes you know, a, a, a fully functioning adult, basically. Sure. There, I, uh, I buy he, that. He does it as well in Goodbye Toby on the Ferris wheel mm. um, with Holly. And the, But it is interesting that it repeats in Weight Loss the next episode, and Jim is there to turn to him and say, really? Yeah. Uh, although we, we have to remember that he Michael doesn't do it every time. I'm thinking of Crime no. Aid. No, when he says it squeaks when you bang it, that's what she said. <laughs> that, well, he gets comfortable with Holly, and then he's like, "Okay, yeah, now I can yeah. do that again," which is such a beautiful thing about their relationship. I just love. I mean, we heard in the drop at the beginning how silly they are together. Like, They're Amy so Ryan does silly. such a good job of selling that silliness and their voices that they do. Um, it's just delightful. I mean, that's it's it's the DNA for their whole relationship is that Yoda impression. I mean, like I said, that's <laughs> she knocks Michael off balance by attacking Toby. And Michael doesn't know what to do, and then she does the Yoda thing, and My- Michael's done. Michael's just absolutely—it's over for him. He's all in in that moment. Um, which again, she even has to help him be like, Michael, it's not love yet. <laughs> like she, she even has to 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 be aware of that. Yeah, I had five boyfriends last year too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last ten years, I've dated almost four women. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's something to be said. I mean, you talk about being believable. The way they come together and, and fall for each other really early on and so quickly, I think, is worth pointing out that it happens so fast. Um, but I think the show does a really good job of kind of checking that with the fact that all, like David separates them, so to speak, by mm-hmm. moving Holly back to Nashua. And then Holly tries to make you know, kind of that decision where she's like, we have to break up. It's not going to work. And Michael... Is, is is you know his fingernails he has to be it's like he's he's holding on to it for dear life that relationship i'll go back to janet i hate Jan. I hate Jan. Uh, <laughs> and uh but the the all the different hurdles that get placed in their way i i think kind of help give it space and make it feel more believable and i think also there's something really funny about the way that holly deals with all of michael's grand romantic gestures or 
or maybe they're not gestures, but they're just um, they're just phrases. Like when in classic Christmas, when uh, she comes back and Michael's like, and later when we tell our kids and everyone, everyone, everyone in the office groans. Well, he does that. I mean, he does that in Ultimatum, too. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or sorry. Well, I mean, also in um, uh, when, when they have the third date before the sex that leads to the crime aid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael bringing up them having sex is yeah. so he just absolutely fumbles <laughs> it. He just totally messes it up and to eventually just saying they're like, oh, do you think we'll have sex tonight? Like that openly and nakedly on their third date. And yeah. she just she just says, Hell yeah. And like it's this and Michael is completely head over heels. Doesn't even know what to accepts do. Michael. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> how many how many relationships has Michael ruined by saying one thing like that before? Countless, or like uh, I, you when you say I love you, like oh I love that girl, or do you mean like you love me, love me, you know? Yeah, that same sort of thing, and it plays out in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so it it, it is uh, it is amazing how uh, so many of those moments other people would have just left, like Carol Stills yes. Uh, yes. after the photoshopped Christmas card. Yes, you know? like all the women well, Michael's dated, Holly has dozens of opportunities to pull the lever before they actually start dating. And uh, well, there, she sold just through all of them. Eject. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, that is interesting too. Like, you know, Holly's ha- Holly having more experience with dating. Like, it seems like, I-, I guess like my assumption is like that guys fall in love with her really easily because she is, you know, can joke around and is really cute and, you know, is um, and that really ass open. refuses to quit. <laughs> and that ass what refuses you, to quit. Follow us, Jim, into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's. I thought you had to pee. Uh, um, but uh, I think that that's interesting. That like, you know, she has way more dating experience than Michael. We see it. Uh, brought up a few times, especially when she's moving back to Nashua and she's kind of like, it's no big deal. We're just breaking up and he's freaking out and she tries to make it work with AJ and it's, and it's not really working out. I mean, I just, and I think about like Holly, I'm going, I'm just rambling here. I think about like the way that Holly, when her, when she finds out that her parents are both suffering from, Alzheimer's or just, you know, dementia, old age, it's not really clear. And she feels this sense of need to go back to Colorado. Like, is it her her family and her friends there like that are her silly like that? Those are the you know, those are the silly people in her life. And she went off to the East Coast to work in business and everyone's super serious and she's trying to look for a partner. And then she finds this weird guy who reminds her of her, her funny family and friends back home. Um, I get that's not really a question. <laughs> <I'm just> right. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I mean, okay. But, but, but that's not really the backstory that we get, right? She never says you remind me of, like home or anything like that. And, and we know that Holly just bounces around from Nashua to Scranton to, you know, and um, she's had all these boyfriends and stuff like that. Like, is that maybe that's her, her backstory. Like, I mean, someone like Amy Ryan certainly uh, 
uh, a great actress like that would 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 uh, would try to build a backstory for her. Yeah, well, they give the her concerns about her parents' health. You know, I mean, she's she's kind of willing to drop it all for that and want to be closer to home. Um, but she's it's not an excuse to get out of a relationship with Michael. Um, she wants Michael to come with, you know, and that mm-hmm. really is who she is. She's she's like, I believe in this relationship with you. I also love my parents and I want to be there to take care of them as they grow older. Um, something that is a selfless act, which Michael is learning how to do this entire time. He's with Holly. He's learned how to be selfless. And that's why I brought that that scene up in Company Picnic, because that's the first time there's that really pregnant pause when they're kind of looking at each other in that scene. Right. And you'd think in any other time, this is where Michael would blurt something out or he would make a scene, or he would tearfully profess his love to Holly and break down. And he doesn't. He doesn't say anything. All he says is, well, we have a lot of great material for next year. And Holly says, I can't wait. And that's when he gets the talking head of like, you know, we're just going to be one of those couples. It's going to take time. You know, I'll have to be patient. And we've, at no point in all five seasons, have we seen Michael be patient or even say the word patient. He's not. And, um, it just is this uh, Holly's influence on him is just it's so great. Uh, it's it's really touching to watch. Like I keep coming back to it, and it's like a it's like a casino level moment uh, for me <laughs> watching them get well, together. I think that you bring up a great point that company picnic moment between them when she's dating AJ, and then they share this kind of special little moment when they're eating strawberries and they're talking about next year. They're talking about the future, and I think that Holly is feeling it too in that moment. Mm. Right? <laughs> Same crowd. Like, well, we wrote this specifically for this crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for this audience. She she has a look in her eyes when she says like I can't wait to see what we come up with next year. Yeah. That is like she missed him and she yes. misses this and yeah. Sean you were talking about like her family and like them in Colorado, and there is a, a time when she's on the phone. So it's in Goodbye, Michael, and she's on the phone. Michael gets nervous about making the movie. He's like, I can't do it, and he's he he has to hear her voice. So he calls her, and you know they have that. You know, oh, you mean, you mean it's 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll pay the rent, you know. <laughs> and uh, she says off. She says, "Mom, mom, it's a joke." My mom is looking at me funny. Like she says that to yeah. Michael on the phone. And so I think like they've kind of found the person that has there's like a two to their own frequency a mm. little bit, you know. And then mm. I think too, like there are a couple of lines that I found where in in um in garage sale, when she begins to say, Michael, I need to move to Colorado and I think we should go. And so this is why I wanted to, you know, you're my family or she starts to propose and Michael says, Nope, 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 not like this. <laughs> and he runs out of the room. Yeah. And then later, Holly tries to say, Michael, I'm sorry about that. You're my family now. I don't need to go back to Colorado. And then as an, as a, like an echo to that in, uh, in Goodbye, Michael, when Michael is about to leave everyone without telling, he says, I got almost everyone. So Holly's my family now. Um, you know, she says, she's my family. The, the, the babies that I make with her will be my children. The people that you work with are just, when you get down to it, your very best friends. They say on your deathbed, you never wish you spent more time at the office, but I will. Uh, Got to be a lot better than a deathbed. Uh, mm. I actually don't understand deathbeds. Who would buy that? <laughs> but I think Michael, at the end, has embraced Holly as his family. She's his family, not the you know the staff of Dunder Mifflin. Yes. Uh, and that's what's, what, what allows him to move on. 
Yeah. And, and again, this whole time, I mean, uh, I feel for Holly because she uh, she's she's getting transferred back and forth, you know, yep. like she's she's not really able to put roots down anywhere. And the fact that she sees she can do that with Michael just says a lot about her and her kind of ability to think who's actually a good match for her. And like you said, I'm, I'm sure there's no shortage of guys outside of the Oscars yoga instructor who would like to date Holly. Uh, <laughs> he never calls her back. Um Mm-hmm. And Michael rips up those Counting Crows tickets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> such a funny moment. <laughs> like, what are you oh, doing? He's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> uh, he thinks he's so smart. <laughs> I know. It's this big gesture, and he's like, uh, it's another movie moment where he's like ripping them up. Uh, and it's like, well, you could have just gone with her. Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. The, he cuts off her sleeve. He vandalizes the Woody doll through it all. She stays. She stays focused. Mm-hmm. Um, like in that classy Christmas scene, when Michael still finds out that she's with uh, AJ, and he's uh, he's completely distraught. I mean, she's clearly already been wrestling with that, right? By the time she gets back, and it's only a couple episodes later in the Ultimatum where she's, you know, calls it off with AJ. That was never going to be. Um, she had already been writing that letter to Michael while she was dating AJ, right? That they find in Lecture Circuit. Um, th- there's a specific hug that they have. Uh, this is at the end of baby shower after Jan yeah. leaves. And it's I like, it's, it's a really, it's really a beautiful moment. And like I said, that one, and then, uh, this moment where they hug, I would put up there with casino as one of the best romantic moments on the show, the Jim and Pam's kiss. But nothing's probably ever going to top that, but this one's close because the hug at the end of baby shower, when Jan finally leaves and Michael stops uh... pretending to be mean. And it's like, all the negative energy in Michael's life has left and all that's left before him is Holly. And he just slowly, pretty awkwardly hugs her and you see her accept it. And it's like, boom, everything's right again. And that's mm. the beginning of Michael leaving, you know, uh, so Mifflin's she Grant. says, uh, he's still going to be mean to me. <laughs> and then she, he hugs her. And then the camera goes in really tight, like on her face and you just see her eyes and the way that she mm-hmm. asks her eyes is really amazing. And then they pull out, and Michael just goes like, "So you want a date?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's the, there's the, there's a directness which how they talk to each other that's really special, and I don't know, it's just <laughs> that whole that whole arc is just really sweet. They uh, they they're so like there are times when they're together they can be so open and honest with each other. Mm-hmm. Well, we can, we don't have to sell it just in case. I don't have any case. Do you have any case? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's this one. Uh, I, I got this clip just because of Jim's awe. Uh, he does the most sarcastic awe I've ever heard is the, this moment in Classic Christmas when they're walking back to Holly's desk. I show you to your desk. Watch out for my guns. They're both loaded. What kind of guns do you have? Bee shooter? Oh, my God. shooter? It's so bad. It's like... Because before that, they're doing, like, the terrible, like, gay voice, and Oscars just makes that face. And then they switch to that voice, and Oscar turns back around, like, what the fuck? Speaking of... Oh, yeah. Well, there's they pretty much make a... Uh, make it intentional to show almost everyone in the office while they're walking back. And everyone is just like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, this is crazy, <laughs> but it, neither of them care. It's like, Michael doesn't care what anyone thinks about him. And it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. That reminds me, speaking of Oscar, there's a moment, I think it's in goodbye. No, I think it's in, um, it's either in, in goodbye, Toby or way loss, probably goodbye, Toby, but Holly is talking to, I think it's Kevin. I think she's meeting Kevin for the first time. 
and Michael is around her and he says, uh, he's talking about making her a mix. How long is your commute? And she's like, uh, and he says, I'll, I'll make you a mix, a mix CD. Do you have a CD player in your car? And the way that Oscar turns over his shoulder and gives her like this skeptical <laughs> look, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Oh uh, boy! And of course, well, you know this—they have four kids. They have four kids together later. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Uh, there I are have, a lot of. Oh yeah. I have to pause. I have to go. I'll be right back. You want me to keep going? I just have more moments. Yeah, let's go. We can keep doing okay. moments. I have some more moments uh, as well. In good in uh, in the baby shower episode, uh, when Michael goes back to give Holly the pep talk about why he's being mean to her, mm. he just sits on an open trash can. Oh, so like yeah. he, <laughs> he just decides to sit on a trash can that doesn't have a lid and he just kind of settles into it and is t- talking <laughs> to her about why he's going to be so mean to her. And he's like, I will be treating Ryan the same way. She says, of course. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. That <laughs> settles into a yeah. trash can. I was just going to talk to Holly oh, yeah. about her hygiene. <laughs> she smells like old tomatoes and dirt. Uh, we haven't we haven't really talked about the search yet. Um, oh yeah, and I mean that's in that one. Michael's. I mean, she's basically like saying no to Michael, right? In the search of saying like she doesn't she doesn't want to be involved with a coworker again. I mean, here she is, HR rep, and she's all that we've seen is her dating coworkers, people that work with her, which you probably mm-hmm. shouldn't do as an HR rep. Uh, but of course, she's able to track Michael down and show her intuitive nature. Uh, it's it's this just really direct example of how much she knows Michael, but really more importantly, how much she knows people, because I think she does know people really well, um, and she's obviously able to con- to connect with them. Um, well, and you pit the in the search, you know, you when they go out to look for Michael, I think they do a really good job of picking the three people that are closest to Michael: Dwight, Holly, and the, whoever is the receptionist who's you know working very mm-hmm. closely with him all the time. Like it would have been Pam in the early seasons, but it's Aaron in this case. Mm-hmm. And uh, out of all three of those people, you know, Holly is the one who is able to kind of naturally figure out where he wants to go. Are the egg rolls really that big? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> when Dwight realizes uh, what's happening, it's that's great. And he's like, "Oh, we're just going to be following Holly." You think he wouldn't walk by that bakery just for the smell? <laughs> Uh, I have a couple other before we before we move on here. Two other things mm-hmm. I want to say about Holly. One thing I hadn't noticed before, but when we first meet her in season four, when Dwight's trying to put a raccoon in her car, I hadn't noticed she's driving she's driving a Toyota Solara convertible, which is oh. a very comparable kind of mid level oh, to the C-Bring. convertible to the Sebring. Like they're <laughs> they're a perfect That's match amazing. based on the cars That's they've amazing. chosen. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like, okay. have you ever heard of a never Solara? Would have, never no. would have picked up on exactly. that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the it's the Toyota's Sebring essentially is what it is. Uh, and then uh, this in a deleted scene um, from Todd Packer, Holly mentions that she has a blind friend named Lois who does not get along with Michael. <laughs> I gotta think. Oh my god! I gotta think. Blind guy McSqueezy what? is involved in that one. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's like i just oh. picture holly like being like oh this is uh this is my friend lois she's blind and micah being like oh i also have a blind friend <laughs> and just oh, doing did, did you fall into a pit of acid <laughs> eyes first yeah. uh, anyway um yeah anything else about holly 
I think one thing that the show uh, didn't really do is uh, in the deleted scene, there's an, uh, from Goodbye Toby, there's Meredith is talking about how she doesn't like Holly's blonde hair, and that's how Dwight recruits her to be in that hazing prank Yeah, mm. with the raccoon. Yeah, And, uh, and then later in uh, the Todd Packer episode, when they're all like, they're all kind of confronting Holly about why she hired Todd Packer and to tell her that he's kind of a bad guy. Meredith says, don't what's up us. You think you're so cute with your pretty blonde hair. And Jimmy's like, whoa, whoa, pull it back, pull it back. Um, the last thing I had about Holly was you talked about the Bechdel test, which is um, whether or not two female characters speak only to each other and they don't talk about uh, another male character, right? That's yeah, the, or yeah, whatever they're talking about, like nothing they do it, has to do with the male character. Right. This is the clearest example I found. It's from Holly and Phyllis in the garage sale episode. And Holly says, this is your mom's old stuff? Phyllis, yeah, mostly. Holly, how's she doing? Phyllis, it didn't go down so easy, but she's made some friends and it's already better than it was. Holly, how do you know when it's time? Phyllis, uh, I don't know if you ever know. And if you wait for the day when your parent comes to you and says, I can't take care of myself anymore, it's never going to happen. I have a box of bras under the table if you're interested. Holly, (laughs) let me see. I can't imagine those bras, fan. No, that's a. You think Meredith would uh, would have a box of bras to peruse through? Wow. Oh my gosh, that is very touching. That I mean, it's almost a storyline that I wish was explored a little more. Like it's really, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 kind of unique, you know. It is. It really is, and I think that's, um, th- obviously Holly and Michael's wedding is the is the movie we never got. Right. Great right. Yeah. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm okay with it because it, it does have this fairy tale thing where Michael and Holly ride off together, you know, um, and they're not heard from again. But I get, until you see Michael at the very end and they have four kids and all those things Michael's been talking about all series. He wants the white picket fence. He wants the tickle fights. Um, he gets that all with Holly. And the catch up fights. The catch up yeah. fights. Yeah. Yeah. And, I love this woman. <laughs> and yeah, no, go cocktail party till now. I mean, everything comes true for Michael. And so I'm okay not seeing it because it's, it's, it is a fairy tale, you know, that, that Michael gets to live out. Um, and it's just a little treat for us. Mm. And Holly is a treat for us all. She's a wonderful character. She's such a sweet treat. She brings such good energy. I surprised if she baked at a professional level. <laughs> She's got, <laughs> I know. There it is. Boom. Hollis P. Flax. Played by Amy Ryan. We love you so much. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, uh, it's time for a little conference room. Five minutes. Okay, 20 minutes. Conference room. Everybody's in there. 20 minutes? Dad? <laughs> no, that's the one with the, that's the one for the injury with the Dwight's dad. Um, Okay, for conference room this week, I wanted to talk about an email I got just a few short hours ago. Uh from uh, from Peacock about the office going to Peacock and it is uh, it is uh, in the form as an employee or excuse me as an email from David Wallace to all employees uh, oh my Peacock <laughs> to become the streaming home of the office. It's and here's here's what it says: Colleagues, it is with great pride that I announced that Peacock will be streaming the documentary footage that was shot at Dunder Mifflin Scranton between 2005 <laughs> and 2013. <laughs> We're very excited about our collaboration with Peacock, and we wanted to give all employees a summary of what Peacock will stream starting January 1st, 2020, or 2021. Uh, every episode, 201 total of The Office, 
super fan episodes that include never before seen footage and deleted scenes and extended cuts to the original series, starting with season three, with more coming in March. Playlists to include two chronicle pl- pranks featuring Jim Halpert, Dwight K. Schrute, best office romances featuring Jim mm. Halpert, Pam Beasley, and office words of wisdom featuring formal regional manager Michael Scott. That would make doing this show so much easier. <laughs> and the last piece no is kidding. The Office Zen, a 24-7 channel devoted to the sights and sounds of The Office for anyone working at home. Uh, we look forward to a continued success with Peacock and a steal of phrase from our feathered friends. Welcome to the flock. Sincerely, David Wallace. Uh, this is CEO, Dunder Mifflin Paper Company, Inc. Wow. <laughs> well done. Good job, that NBC. Is awesome. Good job, That's NBC. awesome. That actually, I mean, yeah, they if they're going to put bonus content up if they're going to make playlists like that that could be really cool they're going to play commercials right uh i don't know i think i think i, I, I think, think it's a Peacock hulu situation it's a hulu situation yeah. right but you can pay premium to get the ads out i'm not sure entirely i think i got that yeah. email cuz i looked i looked in the peacock for something else or i signed up for peacock for something else like i have it on my playstation right now but they it's kind of interesting cuz you can do channels like they'll just do a channel Right. They're just running SNL all day, like old SNLs or whatever. So mm. there, I think it is kind of interesting that because of it going back to NBC, they're going to do a lot of things with that footage and with that IP, like making extended versions of episodes that are kind of on the DVDs, um, which will be fine. I mean, I think I, – I don't know how much it is for Peacock. I, I guess we should – we should look that up, but uh, mm-hmm. but I think that's the kind of stuff that will make it worthwhile to follow the office to another right. streaming service is to have actual additional content. That's better than it going to, let's say, like HBO, where they wouldn't have deleted scenes, what have you, built in. It would just be going to literally another streaming service. I think. It would, yeah, it would be amazing. Like streaming services don't give you what a DVD gives you: the commentary, the deleted scenes, the bloopers. The the bonus content is not available on Netflix, and if and if Peacock's going to provide that, that would be. I I'm mean, intrigued by this cool. idea of the uh, the Office Zen sights and sounds. Is I wonder if that's like all footage shots of these people things shredding t- things. Yeah, and- just people <laughs> sitting around. Safe. Like, is do they have all this footage just of them doing? Like, oh I wonder God, what it that, is. See, that's what I wanted. It's just B roll. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, gonna that you're gonna be falling perfect. asleep to that. Yeah. Oh, big Every, time. All, all our all our office sleepers out there, everyone who <laughs> falls asleep to the office. Uh, Ruling at this idea. Oh. That's mm. great. That's gonna be cool. Well it's I'm, making me it's that, making me sleepy right now. Just I'll say about this. It. I it sounds like that was they found a way to just send that to office people, or is that like Peacock's letter to I think everyone? it went to everyone who has Peacock, probably. See, that's I mean that says a lot right there that they're leading with the oh, office. they know. I mean, they know yeah, what. They, they know. And uh, it's gonna. This is the big. This is one of the bigger things that NBC has in their stable, as far as uh, oh, own yeah. properties go. You know. Oh, completely. And and it sounds like they're doing it right. I mean, it sounds like if you can offer what Netflix can't, um, people are gonna pay. They'll, they'll make the switch. I mean, I'm, I mean, you I'm certainly gonna... lose the ease and convenience of using Netflix, which I think for a lot of us is pretty uh subconscious you know to just like turn on netflix or whatever mm-hmm. but uh but at least you're giving some incentives and some new stuff if there's stuff we haven't seen before then amazing yeah it's exactly what we want to see and i think mm-hmm. you can watch deleted scenes on youtube and you can see how popular that stuff is too so two weeks guys crazy Whoa. come on come on <laughs> two weeks <laughs> we're gonna right now Time we're to be alive right now we're michael rocking around the office with whiskey 
That's what we're doing uh, in our last days with Netflix here. Hey, that is a dangerous game, Brando. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for that, Edwin. Much appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's great. They did it as David Wallace. Also, good move. Um, yeah. Glad he's still glad he's still on his feet there at Dunder Mifflin. Um, uh, all right, we're going to end the show here. We're not going to do trivia this time, uh, just because we do trivia every time. But we are going to end the show with some office would you rather's. Office mm. would you rather's, and these are all uh, courtesy from Lucy, who sent these in. Uh, I for, if we Thank might you, have done Lucy. these similar ones before, but. We'll just keep going. Whatever. Um, They're always fun. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> you haven't done them in a while. I'm yeah. sure it'll be great. Whatever. Um, question one. Who would you rather have to live with? Michael for a month or Creed for a month? Mm, Creed. Better drugs. <laughs> <laughs> also depends on the time of year because Creed lives outside. I would much rather do that in the I summertime. I would love to... Yeah, I would love to just smoke weed and jam with Creed. That would be amazing. And throw rock, throw things into the quarry. I would love to do that. I could do that for a month. Sure. I think, Michael, I think Michael would be a more manageable roommate than Creed. I think Creed would want to like play music really loud at odd hours and play Sounds his guitar great. walking around and stuff. I think awesome. Michael would be a little bit more manageable. And you might see Lots Johnny Depp. weird guests sleeping on the couch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You might get a glimpse of Johnny Depp if you're at his condo. That's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> M. Night Shulman. <laughs> M. Night Shulman. Uh, all right. Uh, if you had to be transferred to any branch of Dunder Mifflin, would you... Lucy says, would you transfer to Nashua or Utica? But I'll open that up. Any branch. We don't know the other Utica, ones, but... Utica. Utica. In your face. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> mm. I'll tell you, Utica. The, the view at Stanford looked real nice. Mm. Right on the water. The guy from Buffalo and Company Picnic says, we're the best branch of the company. Yeah, I don't want to work with that guy. Yeah. That guy's so <laughs> exasperated. Brian Stack. Yeah. The best branch of the company. is it, He's a writer, right? Yeah, he's a writer and performer. He was on, he's on Conan for a long time. He's mm-hmm. in a lot of co- old Conan sketches, that actor. Parks yeah. and Rec. He's a yeah. that guy, if you see him. Yeah. Like, if you know who we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. What did you say? I, I, you know what? I have a friend who recently moved to Buffalo, and she says it's a real diamond in the rough, and she really likes it there. So I'll say Buffalo. Also, it'd be fun to be a Bills fan. It seems like it's a lot of fun to be a Bills fan. I mean, right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if they're good or bad. You're still jumping into tables. I got to say, I mean, like, I'm just... Uh, st- uh, the Scranton branch seems like the best branch. Like I know that if if Bias. you had to transfer, I, I know the question is if you had to transfer to another one. But like all the other ones are like re, like uh, Utica looks like a terrible place to work. <laughs> it's all really gray, and there don't seem to be any windows or any life in that office. And Nashua seems to be exactly the same way. Stanford's okay because it's got the view of the ocean, but I don't like Call of Duty, and. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I gotta say, like, I, I'll, I'll, I guess maybe Buffalo, since we've never been there. But all right, can I take, uh, can I take uh, corporate in New York? Yeah, yeah, corporate. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but the way that the the Scranton branch is laid out, like just like geographically, like is so much more appealing than any of those other places. Like when we walk into those mm-hmm. offices, um, they're so ugly and dull. Um, and they're very gray Slow and moving. Scranton is like kind of has that warmth to it 
Sean said they were dull. <laughs> it's got to be the s- southernmost Thunder Mifflin branch. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, it's that southern hospitality or Saber HQ. Maybe Saber you HQ. There. Yeah, I'm going to Tallahassee. Tallahassee. Uh, all right. If you could attend one office wedding, would you rather attend White and Angela's, Jim and Pam's, Michael and Holly's, or Phyllis and Bob's? I mean, I would say Michael and Holly's for the sake of it being like for the sake of getting to see it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jim and Pam's would have been pretty fun. <laughs> mm. The dance party in the room being part of the Niagara festivities. Jim yeah. and Pam's. Yeah. Jim, like you want to go to the wedding where you're just like, this is a done deal. This wedding is going to be great. I'm going to get drunk. Someone's going to smoke a cigar outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that, that seems like the wedding where, whereas all those other weddings, you're kind of like, what are we getting into <laughs> with mm-hmm. this wedding? I'd go to Dwight and Angela's myself. Out of, That'd be out fun. Of all You'd have to carry a bale of hay, but you know. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and my, uh, my car would probably be ruined from Moe's trying to jump it or run across it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, at, at the same time, I think it's, I, I like weddings that you don't have to travel too much for. Get an Airbnb out there. It's a nice place. Everyone's getting along at that point. Um, and you get to Would see Would you Michael. have the Airbnb or could you stay in the irrigation nighttime or America I, room? I assume they're all booked with with their family, but if there's one open, I'll take anyone. Yeah. Mm. I'm fine with that. I'll pitch a tent out on the out on the We were all in the beach. Beach. It's a cow shower. Yeah. Yeah. I'll sleep <laughs> in the beats. Uh, all right. Question four. Uh who would you rather have as a roommate? Now this is not like the first one of living for a month. This is who would you rather have roommate. as your roommate? Season nine, Andy Ugh. or Kelly? Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Hey, Season uh, nine, Andy. He's not there. He's on a boat. I just want to murder him. He's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Now, he's Lucy also added person. Meredith as another option. Ooh. Uh, 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 Kelly. Definitely. Out of those three, Kelly. you're still Kelly. I think Kelly Meredith is shown to be kind of a hoarder. This looks like Katrina. I think season nine. You always just leave your door uh, unlocked <laughs> in a jar. <laughs> I think season nine. Andy is vain. So vain about his, you know, his, his, uh, his uh, auditions and his photo shoots and whatnot. I think Kelly would be just fine as a roommate. Fame yeah. of any kind. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could get into some trashy TV shows with Kelly. That'd be fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So celebrity gossip. Yeah. yeah. R- Ryan and I already watch a lot of reality TV around here. So that's, <laughs> that's totally fine. <laughs> Great. All right. We're all going Kelly. Sweet. All right. Last question here. If you had to listen to one of these on loop for an hour, would you rather listen to lazy Scranton or goodbye, Toby? Ooh. Goodbye, Toby. Ooh, I'd go Lazy Scranton. I'm taking Lazy Scranton as well. Goodbye, Toby. Toby! <laughs> Toby! Toby's going away. <laughs> listen to that over and over. Yeah. Toby. Yeah. Uh, the music is just better in Lazy Scranton a little bit. Instead of, you know, Daryl's backing band and, and Michael's terrible singing, you get uh I love it, terrible though. It's rapping. so passionate. Yeah, it is. It's true. It, I would do Lazy Scranton because I could take that hour and just memorize it and be able to play that card whenever yeah, I needed you would it. Never forget it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why when I'd have to play that card. If we, whenever we're, we do bar trivia again for the office guys, that might come in handy. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the next time we do that together? How powerful we'll be. 
<laughs> wow. I don't know. I yeah, don't I, know I, if you I'll know do any better. <laughs> It'll be the same thing, which is Edwin just carries us across the goal line every question. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> you know. uh, My memory is not getting any better. I thought I would become an expert on The <laughs> Office. It's gotten but worse, I think man. I'm getting worse at it. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Yarn. Which is so funny. I guess that's what makes this. I guess that's what fuels this show to keep going. If if we knew everything about it, maybe we'd be done. A little too um, much of the I, uh, cannabis northern lights indica. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think no, I think that just marijuana. about wraps it up for this episode. All about Holly Flax. Um, please uh, hit us up. Uh, I know we didn't do trivia today, but you can send us trivia. Email us mspodcastcompany at gmail Send us the questions and the answers. I'll 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 recite the trivia for the guys. Give us a phone call, 503-694-9314. Leave us a message. We love to do voicemail episodes uh, and play them on the show. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. Join us and support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash michaelscott. It's five bucks a month. You can become a Scott's Tot. We do an extra episode every month. Um, where we just do mailbag episodes for our Patreon subscribers. So it's just it's just you and us uh, hanging out. Um, and we try to make a, a, a we make a donation to the third good third good Marshall College Fund uh, every month as well. So uh, so join us on Patreon, please. And thank you to all our Patreon subscribers for supporting the show. Our donations have been getting higher and higher every month. I want that to keep going. Uh, it's, it's great. <laughs> Just keep, keep it on moving up. Yeah, it, we have we have costs that um, uh, for running the show, hosting the website, um, our equipment that we use, things like that. So um, it it it's extremely important our patreon subscribers are extremely important i don't know if we'd still be here doing this if it weren't for you guys so thank you and we should have uh, our special uh, thanks new to patreon Ryan. episode dropping next week at some point yes yeah yeah we'll have a new we, we'll have a new patreon episode for december so so go on and join uh if you join now uh you can still get some questions in before the weekend and uh and uh be a part of that episode Special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who helps us with our social media and designs our artwork. This episode was recorded in Portland, Oregon, over video chat. Uh, thank you, as always, for, for listening, for hanging out with us for a little bit. Uh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You are our dream makers. Uh, take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Hey, poppy, give me this up. Yes, sir. sir. I'm MC Mark Scott, and I am hot. She's DJ Chazzy Flax, and she is the best. All the sucker branches can suck off back. Wicker, 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 what? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.